0: From Loyola University Chicago School of Law, this is The Podvocate. We're law students exploring the vanguard of the legal world with experts from our backyard and beyond. Subscribe to The Podvocate wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about this episode and our guests, please visit our website at www.thepodvocate.com and check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Welcome back to the Podvocate. This is your host, Leanne Johnson. Today, I am happy to continue the series with the Career Services Office, where all of us on the Podvocate are interviewing recent Loyola Law graduates and discussing the different paths they took after graduation. With me today is 2014 graduate, Diana Chen. And Diana, thank you for joining the podcast. Thanks so much for having me here, Leanne. All right, so you've made some twists and turns in your career since graduating. Um, let's walk through what your career has been like since 2014. Yeah,
1: uh, so a lot has happened. Um, right out of law school, I actually ended up taking a bit of time off. I think it was maybe like half a year or so. I just felt a little overwhelmed. Going through law school, to be honest, I, I knew pretty early on in law school that I probably didn't wanna be a lawyer. But for you know a whole whole host of reasons, I decided to stick with it anyway, and I don't regret that experience at all. Um, so after law school, despite you know thinking I knew I didn't want to be a lawyer, I thought I have to still give it a try anyway. I've gone through all of this, and I'm all about don't knock it till you try it. So I ended up working at an insurance coverage and defense litigation firm uh, for a little bit, and um, I. I definitely went in with an open mind and tried to give it a fair shot. And it was exactly what I had imagined that it would be. And it's no knock to the firm itself. It's um, really just the nature of the job of being a lawyer is is uh, what, you know, I wasn't really drawn to. So after that, I decided in, this was back in March of 2017, I had saved up some money and I wanted to travel the world. So I quit my job at the law firm and I was gonna go travel until the money ran out and then probably come back to Chicago and be a lawyer again. Um, that was my that was my plan. So I really didn't have a plan B. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't know how long I'd be traveling for. I didn't know what I was gonna do after that. I started traveling and loved every second of it. and at that point I was like, I I'm not built to sit in an office all day. Like I can't do this for the rest of my life. So that's when I started researching different ways to work remotely um, because, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to say lawyer, remote lawyer jobs are non-existent, but it's very hard to find a job as a lawyer and work remotely. Um, So I started looking into other things that I was interested in that I was good at one thing that I've always loved doing and I've always been pretty good at is writing. And so that eventually pulled me towards the marketing track and uh, ultimately to where I am now, which is you know um, now I'm the head of content strategy at a content marketing agency.
0: And I have to ask, did you find it hard to transition careers ultimately? Because I saw that you worked at as a freelance writer for a law blog and then you kind of transitioned into working on different blogs. Did you find it hard overall to transition careers?
1: Yeah, for sure. It was hard. Uh, I think it was hard mentally more than anything else because, you know, like when you go to law school, you think you've got this path set out in front of you for the rest of your life. You're going to be a lawyer. This is set. You don't have to figure it out anymore. And then seeing all your classmates kind of go down that traditional path and, uh, work up their way through the ranks of law firms, you know, becoming partner, uh, things like that. And so it, it at times definitely was discouraging to sort of be in limbo when everybody else seemed to have their lives figured out better than I did. I think it's, it's a lot harder than a lot of people think to find what you're good at you know, as like basic as that sounds, I I don't think it's as easy as everybody thinks. And um, for me coming from, you know, an immigrant background, I think a lot of immigrant kids can relate to this, but your parents push you to be, to go down a certain path, you know, and they push you to be a certain way and to succeed. That's why they came to this country. And that's why they They did this for you, you know, so that you wouldn't have to struggle with not knowing what to do and stuff and that you could have a stable job and a stable career and money and, you know, like all of these things. Um, So I, I think for most of my life, that's that's sort of how I chose the path that I went down was that it was chosen for me. And it wasn't until I was in my adult life that I realized, you know, wait, is it like, maybe this isn't what I want to do. And wait, like I do have free choice to decide what I want to do and to discover that. Um, And that's when I started going down the journey of actually discovering what it is I'm passionate about, what I like to do, what I'm good at. And that's what brought me here today. But yeah, that that was
0: not an easy journey by any means. So when you were in law school, what courses, I guess, did you feel best prepared you for your career in law? And what courses did you take that you felt best prepared you to transition careers and helped you now?
1: Yeah, I think, so in law school, I I did the tax certificate route and then I didn't end up practicing in tax law. So I can't really say that any of my classes in law school really helped prepare me for the real world as a lawyer very much. I think a lot of it is learn on the job. One thing I'd recommend is to get, you know, a a job at a law firm as a law clerk while you're still in school. And I know that's hard right now with COVID and everything being remote. But in normal times, I would highly recommend working at a law firm during law school, because that's how you're going to see the inner workings of a law firm. And that's how you're going to, you know, interact with attorneys, learn more hands on things like how to actually write these briefs and how to write these documents that people write all the time, but that you don't learn in your law school classes or, you know, no one makes you write them in school. Um, What prepared me most for the transition of what I do now is probably like any writing related course. And I was also very involved in moot court when I was in law school. Uh, I was on the Tain team at Loyola my two all year. And then my three all year, I was on the moot court board and also, on the VizMoot team, so I did a lot of moot court, which you know, there's a lot of writing involved in that, a lot of public speaking, a lot of just practicing, learning how to think on your feet, how to answer questions, uh, all these things that I think are really applicable to, you know, not not just the career path that I ended up choosing, but any career path that you
0: might decide to go down. Now, of course, you do content strategy and marketing. So, how do you recommend? as a student and as a uh, job hunter, how do you recommend marketing yourself to prospective employers?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I would say the first thing is you need to have an online presence, you know? So I, I know plenty of, when I was in law school, I knew plenty of law students. Now I still know plenty of lawyers that hardly have any online presence at all. So they might have a LinkedIn, they might have their name on there, no photo, no info whatsoever. So you wanna make sure that, you know, your LinkedIn is, fully filled out. You're, you have a LinkedIn photo that's professional. Um, the, your past experience is all listed on there. And then this is just my opinion, but I think everybody you know in, in 2020 and beyond should have a personal portfolio website as well for whatever if you're going to be a lawyer, if you're going to be you know in marketing or whatever you want to do. But you know if you think about the path of a lawyer, you start out as an associate and then ultimately you're going to make partner. And what that entails isn't just being a lawyer, but what that entails is getting business for your law firm. At the end of the day, if you grow to a certain point in your law career, you're going to have to be a business person as well. So uh, I think marketing yourself is really key and establishing that presence early on is it can really help you down the line when you get to the point of you know actually having that be part of your job description which is bringing in new business i think on top of that too if you can um if you can write regularly whether that's short content on linkedin you know about big things that are happening in your field or unique points of view that you have in regards to the field that you're in or you know a- anything along those lines or if you can you know If you have a website, you can start a blog and start writing down some of those things in your blog. If you don't want to do that, you can just start an account on Medium and start writing things there. Uh, But just putting out as much content as you can on your thought processes and how your brain works and building up that brand for yourself, Uh, because down the line, when you start trying to bring in business, people are for sure going to Google you. And if all they find is a LinkedIn profile with no photo and nothing listed on it, they're going to be like, I don't know if I can trust this person, like looks a little sketchy. But if they can see all of your information and on top of that, they see all your LinkedIn posts from the last five years and then they see all these blog posts that you've written on the topic, they're like, wow, okay, this person really knows what they're talking about in this field. Like I, I can trust them.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to have a like a curated but almost natural feeling internet presence, you know, it's kind of like a little bit of both like you don't want somebody to Google you and see like, oh, you won the science fair in like fifth grade and that was it, you know, so you definitely want to have that presence. Um, Do you have any recommendations just for current law students, I mean, even ones that are not necessarily thinking about going into the law field, but just general suggestions.
1: Yeah. I think first of all, like know that you're in a good place, you know, even though I'm not practicing anymore, like I said, I don't regret going to law school at all. I think what you learn in law school is super valuable. Uh, I, I would say the most valuable thing that I learned in law school is probably just the ability to think critically. Like law school pushes you to think critically in a way that almost no other profession pushes you to do so. So it really gives you a leg up in whatever field you end up going into down the line. Other tips, I would just say like, you know, like just because you're in law school doesn't mean you have to be a lawyer. I think traditionally that's how it was. Like you, it, it seems like you go to law school, you'd be a lawyer. That's the that's logical next step. But know that you have a lot of options with a JD. A JD is a very versatile degree. Um, I know plenty of people that have gone into business finance, you know, like I went into marketing, um, all sorts of different things. Like you could even go and be a a software developer after graduating, you know, but I, I would just say, don't be afraid to explore other options and don't feel like you're stuck or locked in just because you decided to go to law school.
0: Yeah. And there are, I'm sure are plenty of people whose side hustle as a lawyer or in another career eventually became their full-time career. And um, so I think it's important to never foreclose like other options and other opportunities in your life. Now, this is kind of an aside, but for my last question, what was your favorite place that you traveled to when you were traveling?
1: Yeah, I get asked this a lot and it's so hard to choose because I think I've been to around 65 countries and there's something I love about every single one of them it's you know it's like asking somebody to choose their favorite child like you love them equally for different reasons right um but I will say like some one region of the world that I just love like I just feel connection towards uh is like the Nordics Scandinavia so Iceland I've been to like three or four times uh I've been to like all the all the Scandinavian countries. And I think they're all great. There's so much good hiking up there, which is one thing that I love to do when I travel. Um, and then outside of that, uh, I really enjoyed, um, traveling to East Africa and that's somewhere that I want to return to and explore more of and learn more about the culture. But there are just certain things about that culture that really drew me and made me feel you know, feel like really, uh, like, I really admire that kind of culture. Um, and then some underrated countries, like I think most people when they're just stepping outside of the country, they probably try to go to Europe, you know, or somewhere in the Western world, that's a little easier to travel to. So I would just encourage people to look outside of the main main places like Paris and London and things like that. And if you want to explore some other uh, lesser known countries that I think are equally great, I would highly recommend Slovenia. I think it, it you know, if, if it's your first time out of the country, you'll do great there. It's really easy to travel there. Most people speak some level of English. Um, it's just a really like nice and easy to travel to country. Bulgaria was another one that I loved. If you like hiking, I'd highly recommend going to Bulgaria. They have beautiful mountains there. Um, yeah. So <laughs> sorry, that doesn't really answer your question, but I, it's, I think it's an impossible question to answer.
0: No, that was good. That was good. And I think that really fits with the theme of today anyway, which is just like explore all your options, do things that you want to do, even if it doesn't necessarily fall in line with what you set out to do in the first place, I think. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Is there anything else you want to say to future lawyers or maybe even future non-lawyers?
1: Yeah, um, I I would say to students currently in law school, just keep keep an open mind. You know, do the best you can in law school, but don't beat yourself up. Know that these are three years of your life. So, you know, if you live to 70, these are three out of 70 years of the average person's lifespan. So it's don't get hung up on a bad grade or a bad exam. Like your life's not over. There are tons of other things, opportunities waiting for you to, you know, to do and to be explored down the line. And yeah, I, I mean, I would say just keep an open mind and don't be afraid to carve out your unique path.
0: You don't have to be like everybody else. All right, that was Diana Chen, who earned her JD in 2014 from Loyola. That's all from us here at The Podvocate. Thanks again for joining us today. Our team wants to hear from you. If there's a topic you want the show to cover, an event you'd like us to address, or just something you're passionate about, please email us at thepodvocate at gmail.com and visit our website at www.thepodvocate.com for more information on this episode and our guests. Our senior editor is Radhika Sutherland. Our associate editors are Olivia Ashe, Emmett Harrington, Leanne Jossend, and Lenny Reinhart. Our editor-in-chief is Matt Doran. Special thanks to Dean Michael Kaufman for providing the resources and support to make this show possible. From Loyola University Chicago School of Law, this has been The Podva